0: All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At Close of Business, news briefing.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan with your top stories this Thursday afternoon. Decorated Perth-born soldier Ben Robert Smith's defamation case against three newspapers over articles published in 2018 has been dismissed in the federal court in Sydney. This afternoon's decision concludes a federal court trial that lasted over 100 days, centering around six articles published by the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and The Canberra Times that the 44-year-old claimed were defamatory. Former Australian Army and Special Forces soldier Mr Robert Smith was awarded the Victoria Cross in 2011 for his service. He launched defamation action against the newspapers in 2018, giving way to a legal battle that has gripped Australia. The newspapers relied on a truth defence and has been lauded as a big win for media and press freedom. The Commonwealth has sought to have the full written judgment deferred to avoid inadvertent disclosure of sensitive information. It is due to be released on Monday afternoon. In other news, mining giant BHP has revealed nearly 30,000 current and former staff have lost leave and pay entitlements over the past 13 years in Australia's largest case of employee underpayment. It is estimated the cost of remediating the issue will be up to US$280 million. US. BHP said a preliminary review suggested that since 2010, leave had been incorrectly deducted when some employees, who were mostly rostered and site based, had taken time off work on a public holiday. There are approximately 28,500 affected employees, with an average of six leave days in total that have been incorrectly deducted over this 13-year period. BHP said initial investigations suggest that Oz Minerals had been affected by a similar leave deduction issue before being acquired by BHP last month. In addition, BHP said about 400 current and former employees at Port Hedland were entitled to additional allowances due to an error with the employment entity in their contract. BHP joins numerous other businesses in reporting employee underpayments, but at a much larger scale. And lastly, Ministers Amber Jade Sanderson and Rita Safiotti have dismissed suggestions of hard feelings following the battle for WA Labour leadership this week. Fronting media for the first time publicly since Mr Cook and Transport Minister Ms Safiotti made their debut as Premier and Deputy Premier-elect on Wednesday, Ms Sanderson said the pair had her 100% support. Meanwhile, Ms Safiotti, appearing at a press conference at Optus Stadium, said she had spoken to Ms Sanderson since yesterday's leadership reveal and reaffirmed unity within the Labour ranks. Ms. Safiotti stopped short of commenting on any potential portfolio shifts within the cabinet. Ms. Sanderson told media the portfolio allocation was the premier's decision. She also dismissed the suggestion that there were any hard feelings after losing out on her leadership bid and affirmed she would be a loyal minister. The media appearances come off the back of a tumultuous 48 hours for WA Labor following the shock resignation of Mark McGowan on Monday. And that's all from me this afternoon. Keep listening for my interview with senior journalist Jack McGinn to discuss his feature on WA's infrastructure pipeline. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA – Delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Welcome back to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan and I'm here with senior journalist Jack McGinn. How are you, Jack?
0: Well, thanks, Simone. How are you?
1: Yes, very well, thank you. Um, We're here to talk about your, well, it's your first magazine story for business news. It is. Which is really exciting for us. Um, Great to have a new voice Uh, on the scene and in the editorial team, we're all very excited about it, Um, and also your first uh, special feature, a good place to start, they're a staple of our mag, Um, and you were tasked with uh, infrastructure and writing about what seems to be a big pipeline of work at the moment, no shortage of activity. It's quite clear that the state is at a critical point in terms of that delivery. What did you learn from writing this piece?
0: Thanks, Simone. And yeah, it's really good to be on the team here at Business News. Um, Obviously been doing the pod a little while, but yeah, first contribution for the mag, So very exciting to see it all come together in print as well. It was a really interesting topic to explore, uh, this infrastructure piece. And I think the reason for that was because the issues facing um, civil contractors and and the people tasked with delivering infrastructure are not necessarily unique to that industry. They're the sort of in issues that are going across a lot of sectors at the moment. Anyway, the, the thought process around the piece all started when we sat in on the state budget. Uh, yourself, Mark Beyer, Nadia and I uh, went in and, and sat down with those papers and had a look through and I noticed uh, when we were doing that, that, there was that record investment, 39 billion in uh, government infrastructure.
1: Mm, casually dropped in there.
0: Just casually, uh, <laughs> 39 billion must be nice, but. Obviously, when you look a little deeper at those numbers, it's not necessarily that they're spending $39 billion in the coming financial year. That's that's Ford estimates as well. Um, and as we know, the costs of project delivery can change. Mm. Um, but it's sort of guided my thinking around the feature and, and a lot of the messaging from government recently has been about this being a year of delivery. So we had the COVID interrupted year, uh, then we had... Um, some delays, deliberate delays to Metronet projects that were put in place by the state government as a result of a very overheated construction market. And so you sort of got these projects that have floated around in the background, um, and we all know what they are. And it's the messaging that's come from government lately, notwithstanding everything that's happened in the last week, the messaging that's come from government lately has been now's the time to deliver on these projects. So There's a huge pipeline of work in the next year in government infrastructure. And that is basically the outlook facing, you know, the contractors that are tasked with with delivery. They've all got to pitch for this work. They've all got to get on the ground and and deliver it.
1: Yeah. What are are sort of the challenges that they're facing, I guess, at the coalface?
0: Yeah. So at the coalface, it's... um, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I spoke with Andy Graham from the Civil Construction Federation of Western Australia uh, and also with uh, David Della who's MD of a business called WA Limestone. And they both spoke about the challenges that they have, uh, which are pretty consistent with a lot of the challenges faced in the state over the last few years. It's about access to people, qualified, um, skilled people to mm. be able to deliver the work. And it's also about access to materials. Because to deliver the work, you need people to do the work and you need the materials to get it done. So both of them were broadly positive and optimistic and I thought that was a really good thing. They, they both acknowledged that it's a big pipeline of work that's out there and that the contractors have challenges, you know, getting enough people to do the work and that can sort of create this, uh, this inflationary pressure on, on, on project delivery. Um, but broadly, they're happy about it. Uh, I think Andy made the comment that um, it's much better than a few years ago when the government pipeline was all that was keeping things afloat. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and, and particularly, you know, the, this article didn't focus on mining contractors because that's sort of a separate topic. But uh, when you look at some of the massive projects that are underway in that space, yes, then yes. you add on the government ones, then you add on the private ones. The pipeline really is huge. Uh, it's, it's a huge transformational time um, for infrastructure in our so state. G-
1: good problems to have, I suppose.
0: Good problems in a sense, yeah. Mm. So there's supply squeeze and there's talent squeezes and and that can lead to cost blowouts. But none of that is actually that specific to civil contracting. Um, It is definitely impacting that industry. Um, There are also some interesting points about staffing. So David spoke about some of the challenges retaining staff. I guess civil contracting is one of those industries where the skills required are very transferable um, to the mining sector. And when you've got a uh, thriving economy and um, the mining sector is up and running, typically there's a lot of jobs available in the mining sector. So while the government is using the fruits uh, that it's generating uh, in terms of royalties and things to invest in infrastructure, the resources sector being up and running actually means that they need more people up mm. there, which creates this uh, talent squeeze for civil contractors who are tasked with delivering the government work, the private work and uh, and some for those that go across the resources sector, some of that resources work as well. So Mm -hmm. David spoke about some of the challenges relating to staffing. Um, He spoke about uh, skilled migration. He said that um, the government had been pretty supportive in terms of attracting skilled migrants across, Um, but another challenge he had when the skilled migrants got here was actually housing. So we've got um, a rental squeeze, as a lot of our listeners would know, that the availability of houses is, is quite tight.
1: It keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? There's
0: a range it's, of factors that yeah. sort of influence that bottom line. Mm. Um, it's a little bit ironic that we need mining up and running, mm. um, but having mining up and running really does tighten things in terms of everything. Mm. It's, it's, it's a fascinating state of play. Mm. Overall, though, I think they're excited to have a big pipeline of work. I think there's an acknowledgement that it's time to get in and get things done from the state government as well. I, I bet um, it's been a big few days for Rita Safiotti, but I bet she can't wait to sort of, you know, open up some of those Metronet stations and, yes. and maybe get that, that program delivered. That would be... That would be a good thing for the state as a whole.
1: And be nice to clear that off her desk, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> Big for projects. sure. projects.
0: Yes, with, with, with delivery and not with a, a change of portfolio. Yeah, but <laughs> that's right. Yeah, look, I would say that the tone overall in the feature was cautiously optimistic. There's challenges, there's benefits, and there's opportunities that as well. Um, Andy had this great quote, uh, and he said that he'd spoken to a heavy-duty mechanic Um who had been lost from civil contracting to the mining industry. And the reason for that was they were offered $60,000 more a year than they were currently earning. Yeah, right. He said they're on a, a pretty good wicket already. He said you can't blame people when they make those decisions, um, but it's an ongoing challenge. And I just sort of thought that maybe that's a uh, a challenge of progress in an era of development.
1: Totally. This is a great piece. You can read it on the business news website, businessnews.com.au. Scroll down to our special reports tab where you can see the full story. I highly recommend it. It's a great read. Jack, thank you so much for sharing those insights with us. It's been great chatting.
0: Great to be here. Thanks, for Mine. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news,
1: visit businessnews.com.au.